0: Welcome back to another episode of Shorts and Goggles podcast. RJ Liggins and Kevin Reed today on Mamba Day 824. Uh, we're actually recording this halfway through the uh, Trail Blazers and Lakers game uh, because the Blazers decided to let the Lakers score 80 points in the first half. And last I checked, it's not a winning formula. But besides that, Kev, how are we doing today?
1: Um, let, me, let me tell you, the team that doesn't give up, or I should say like – the team that can avoid giving up 80 points and a half usually wins.
0: They usually win the game. I that,
1: kids. <laughs>
0: so that's our expert basketball advice. Thanks again for coming to another episode. Yeah. I'm not. So a lot of stuff has happened since last time we talked. Um, you know, last episode was the start of the playoffs. We were going through our predictions. We've gone through a week of basketball, which somehow has been the whole first round for some cases. Um, like, what are your thoughts right now on just playoff basketball? Like the schedule. Like, how does it feel compared to to previous years for you?
1: I we we spoke about how this is the replacement for March Madness this year. Yeah, and it, it, I just I've enjoyed that so much. So, like, we record our podcast last week. We make our picks. The very next day, I'm texting you about the Magic beating the Bucks. <laughs> yeah, like so about that uh like is this how it's going to go down is this going to be a a 16-1 is this going to be Virginia like UMBC are are we doing are we doing that yeah because the Lakers
0: lose the the same night too yes the Blazers
1: beat the Lakers that night so we have two eights beating a one um do you think that has is there is there more volatility this year or is that one day just super
0: crazy I think things are starting to fall back into place a little bit. Um, nothing's really stood out from like a surprise standpoint so far. I think, besides the the Mavericks, I, I would say that's the only team that's really um, was a, a shock, and maybe the Sixers too, but just in a different way. Obviously, yeah. um, I just I do find it interesting that um, well, first off, I do love that you know ten thirty in the morning there's already basketball on, so that's right. awesome. Um, but yeah, definitely just the removal of the travel part of it, going to different home courts, um, seeing how that can impact the momentum of a series. So that that's the one part of it that I'm still trying to kind of grapple with because it's hard to predict like what what could happen for the next game or what to expect in a series, just because these guys are just playing in the same gym over and over again. So.
1: Yeah, you definitely have to take the home court advantage out of it. That's that's beyond obvious. Um, and with those with the with the lack of travel, you're also giving some advantage to the the lower seed as well. Mm-hmm. Because because of that home court advantage. Or I should say the higher seed. The the lower team, the higher seed is what is what I mean. Gotcha, like yeah, yeah. They they get a little bit more um, just a little bit more of a of a comfort level. So that's what happens on the first day and then some other things go haywire. Um let's you wanna dive into breaking down a series by series what's going on?
0: Yeah. I mean we can just start off too with like what what's just stood out so far to you. Like yeah. what do you feel like is the bit like the big storyline that stands out to you or the big performance? We can just kind of go from there and then go yep. through each series.
1: Well, the, the two big ones, that, like I texted you today, I said I need to apologize to the Mavericks. So yeah. Dallas Mavericks, I would, I'd like to apologize to you. Um, <laughs> I spent a lot of last pod going through a checklist of things I really like about the Clippers as a, as a championship caliber team. Uh, I realize now that uh, many of those same things I like about the Clippers, I also like about <laughs> the Dallas Mavericks. And the, the performance on Sunday, on yesterday... Yeah. The, the Luka performance. Holy smokes. Uh, you, they're, and they're just casually throwing the graphic of him and Magic up there. Like, that's, that's what we're doing now. And we're casually making that comparison to this, to this kid with, with his, um, his young playoff performance, second year in his career, as opposed to Magic's first year. And while injured,
0: while missing, Kristaps, incredible. There was a lot of things that should have gone wrong for the Mavericks. Like when I saw that Luka went down and game, was it three? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a wrap for the series. I was like, okay, Clips are going to close this out. I mean, if Luka can't really go, then what is this Dallas team really? And that's without even, you know, factoring in the Kristaps part of it. Um, but, you know, like I was saying on the last pod, the only way that the Mavericks have a chance of winning the series is if Luka goes to that Super Saiyan level. And I had no belief that he was I, – I thought he would have, like, a couple good game, games maybe. I didn't think he was going to be able to actually, like, put the team on his back and even the series at, at two apiece right now, especially when you do take out the home court advantage part of it. You know, like, you could see them getting some games in Dallas maybe, but in this neutral court-like setting, like, there's no reason for that team to to be upsetting uh, or tying the series with the Clippers. So, like, is this is this more of a case of – this is Luca just putting the team on his back and doing something spectacular, or is this more a reflection on the Clippers, a team that we have we'd never really had a handle on throughout the season on, on who they were and what to expect from them in the postseason.
1: Well, this is the very same conversation that Bill and Rosillo had yesterday, and this pod ends up turning into a reaction pod to that one. Um, sometime. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, yeah. sometimes it does. Uh, so, Bill's point was that a lot of this year, the Clippers seem like a, like a, an all-star team, a put together has all the checklists that I went through uh, last week about the, it's got your number one killer MVP talent, a solid backup, all like hall of fame uh, or at least championship winning coach. Mm -hmm. It's got a like solid deep bench, all those check, 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 got all those pieces. But from a, um, from a camaraderie, camaraderie piece, the not quite there. And he he asked Rasilla the same thing, to which Ryan said more or less like, "Well, if the Clippers win yesterday, we're not having the conversation that we're having right now. It's like a, it's more of like a, wow, that was great, Luca. But like, yeah, Dallas, uh, it's 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 just not your not your year. Yeah. So I th- I and I think I tend to agree with that." That was, like you said, the the Super Saiyan level, out of this world performance. Still think the Clippers win. Still think this is a launching point for Luca's career. Um, but, like we're seeing with Blazers, Lakers, just to to keep up that ultimate peak performance is a very challenging ask. Would you agree or disagree?
0: Oh, absolutely. Especially when you're not a hundred percent like, and you know, Lucas ankles have been giving him problems all season. So, um, it kind of gives you those flashbacks of Steph Curry early in his year or early in his career. And you're kind of like, I hope this isn't a reoccurring theme. Um, what he put together though, yesterday was pretty remarkable for sure. And like getting those magic Johnson comparisons, like absolutely makes sense. Um, you know, is it enough to upset the Clippers and move on to the next round? Like probably not. And then even if they did get to the next round, now you gotta go against um, you know, likely the Jazz. So it's another team we got I gotta apologize to at least is the Jazz. I definitely <laughs> did not did not foresee them being up through one. But um as far as the Clippers are concerned, I do think Beverly is a big missing piece for them because he's just like He's that presence on the floor. Like, you can have the strong coach on the sideline, but you need your floor general to, like, when shit starts in the fan, you need that guy to grab everyone and just be like, hey, calm the fuck down. This is what we're going to do, and we're going we're gonna to pull this out. Like, they don't really have, like, a that leader on the court for them because, like, Kawhi doesn't really say much. Paul George doesn't really say much. Like, Lou Will doesn't really say much. So, it's like, you don't really have that leader out there that like as Dallas is chipping away and Lucas putting up this, this crazy performance, you don't have that Pat Bev SOB type of dude to go in there and just be like, all right, well, I'm just going to take this guy out the game.
1: No, Kawhi, as we've seen, is the guy who will pretend to stare at a home screen of a tablet to avoid human interaction. Yeah, so,
0: which I relate to pretty heavily. <laughs> I, I,
1: I, I, I have done that many times. Oh, I, yeah. You're walking down the sidewalk hmm, on your phone. I don't want to talk. Absolutely, I've done that move. So, we we stand Kawhi's introverted, <laughs> leave me alone.
0: <laughs> not support it.
1: Yes, yes, we do. But so, you're right. It, it, he's not, he's not going to grab you and, like, say, let's go, we got this. He's just going to, like, calmly take the ball and then do that. But he's not yeah. going to, like, rally you, I suppose.
0: Yeah, I mean, what would happen to this Clipper – team potentially if it, there is a first round upset I mean the look the possibility of, of Dallas actually pulling this out and, and winning two more games against the Clippers or little to none I would say
1: yeah still low yeah
0: still very low right but let's say they they do they do accomplish that like what what do we say about Paul George Kawhi Clippers organization like this is a, a cursed franchise that's gone through so much yeah. <laughs> and And I feel like they've been pretty polarizing as far as, like, people's opinion on the Clippers. Right. So, like, where where do you think the conversation goes if there is that first-round exit for them? Well, it's something
1: to be said about um, teams and chemistry. And I think putting in the time, putting in the years even, um, now that – and I'm not comparing this Clippers team to the LeBron Heat teams, but Mm -hmm. they lose to – Ironically, a Dallas team. They lose to um, a team with the soul of basketball, and all and I was all. And for all, you all. Yep, that. yep, yep, and all that stuff. But um, for the for the Clippers, I think it's just because we know Doc's an excellent coach, and I think for a franchise that had the worst top down management situation in the history of pro sports. Yeah, you're you're building something else. You've got an you've got a um, Steve Ballmer who's gonna support you you've got with a building front office a solid rock solid coach I think you keep those guys around there and they grow from this grow from the experience
0: I think the other thing to consider with that too though is that Paul George and Kawhi only signed two-year deals right
1: um that seems right
0: yeah so they're short short deals short contracts and that's like I feel intentional by both of them To more or less put pressure on the organization to win right away. So if you're Kawhi and you get bounced in the first round and Paul George, who has had a a rough series um, from a shooting perspective, like you're looking at that guy, that's the guy supposed to be riding with you and, and making this an easier trip to the finals. Like what happens to that team then, knowing that they only got two years to try to get this figured out and put together? Like, do they just go straight, like, Blow it up, blow it up, almost like trade everybody but Paul George and Kawhi, or do they run it back. Like, where do you think the organization? I honestly think you run
1: it back. I think you run it, you, you still had the 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 second best record in the West. You still like you did you did the stuff right. I, mm-hmm. I, I still think it's just an an elbow grease time, let things gel situation with them
0: and also the fact they're going against a prodigy in the first round. So sh- yeah, shooting star <laughs>
1: moment. I yeah. I'm rooting like I'm rooting for it. I love underdogs. Oh yeah, uh, fan- I'll eat my words fantastic. next week. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I will gladly do that, but the Clippers seems really put
0: together. They're going to figure it out. Like there there's just too much too much star power there and like honestly if you want to go the whole David Stern conspiracy route, like people are looking for that LA-LA collision course in in the conference finals, so
1: yes, they are.
0: Don't be surprised to see some chicanery on that end. But nope. Uh, any other thoughts from that series? Uh, nope,
1: nope, nope. What's next?
0: Uh, well, I'll take this time to apologize to the Jazz listeners because. Yes. God damn, um, you know, we, we were talking about Donovan Mitchell on the last pod and we're like that's a guy that can you know, he can do some big things in the playoffs for you. Like he might be able to win a couple games for you but he is putting the team on his back right now. Uh, and it has a three one advantage over the Nuggets and a chance to close them out tomorrow. I think he scored like 51 or something like that. 51 yesterday. So that's what the second 50 point game he scored in this series.
1: Uh, it was it. Yeah, because he scored fifty-seven. It a, maybe like high four. Yes, that's right. I was gonna say forty-seven, but yeah, fifty-seven. I think the, it was
0: fifty-seven. Um, yeah.
1: So, as as Jason Concepcion, another ringer, shout out for me has put pointed out the this they're three and zero since Jamal Murray was trolling with the video of like him seeing Donovan Mitchell like after game one. Yeah. <laughs> and I I support I support what Jason's saying there. Don't 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 mess with the karma police, man. Don't that, that's not that's not good
0: form. Nope. And that's not the type of guy you want to be talking shit to cuz you know he's going to be coming back at you full force. No. And also it helps that Mike Conley now is getting the Fred van VanVleet treatment of have a kid and then come back and just turn your season around basically and just start playing like the Mike Conley. He also cut his hair too, so I think that helped. But he's looking a little bit more like the Mike Conley that when yep. they signed him over the summer, everyone was like, God damn, look out for the Jazz. They might come out of the West like with a the roster like that. So we did um, – yes, we
1: need to apologize to the Jazz, but we did hype Mitchell before. Yeah. And, and we did talk about the importance of knowing your go-to alpha down the stretch. Um, and why we said this would be a deep series yeah. um, we didn't say we didn't say the jazz were going to win like 4-1 or 4-2 but we thought a deep denver win and i i, I don't know it it's it just it, it just to me seems like that still matters more than anything in the the nba regardless of the bubble circumstances changing regardless of lack of travel if you if you've got your clear gunners and your clear stars and they're hitting on all cylinders uh that's that that's how you ride and not to say that jamal murray hasn't played well because he's absolutely been crushing it too Mm -hmm. but man the for the Utah Jazz to do that and, that, and that just speaks to another team that has really good chemistry. They've been to that's a collection that's been together for some yeah. time. The the Donovan Mitchell Coach Snyder gel that's been there for a little bit. So it, it, it it's it's good stuff. So um, I guess shame on us for writing him off. But I, on, on the other hand, if I'm playing devil's advocate here, still could go still could go a little bit
0: it still could you're right yeah they cuz every game has been pretty competitive and pretty close so i it's not like the jazz are running away with this series they've just pulled out you know more games than than denver right now
1: one um, yeah one one blowout for the okay. jazz
0: yep yeah there you go so um i think of course uh, one of the things I said on the last spot too, was, like, I just – something in my gut always tells me to not trust Denver. And, I like, I can never put my finger on why I never do. But there is always something about this team when they do get in the playoffs that something something happens to them. And they're one of those teams that and especially thrives on that home court advantage. Actually, the Jazz do, too, with the altitude they play at right. as well in um, their environment. But, like, there's definitely a difference when you have to go to into Denver – and, and try to steal a game from them off their home floor. So you know that I think there's teams like that. There's teams like Philly that was the same way this year, where they didn't they won almost every game at home and lost almost every game on the road. Um, that it, you're starting to kind of see that impact on on these kind of uh, younger teams too, when it comes to that lack of home court support.
1: If I'm looking for a common thread in all of this. I would say it's organization identity. Mm. The Mavericks have had it for decades now, and Rick Carlisle and Cuban have been together for over ten years now. Yeah. Um, organization identity. The the Jazz have kind of an organization identity. Um, Denver is I th- in kind of almost a Clipper stage where with the the coach. Mul- the the coach Malone, Joker, Jamal Murray, they're there. Mm-hmm. Clippers working things out too. Um, but what you're what you're um, also seeing is the these teams that give you bad vibes, and that's that's been born out of uh, years of watching this thing. Is that these organizations that have bad vibes kind of seem to be struggling, and mm-hmm. we'll we'll talk about that, that more when we get when we get to the Sixers, mm-hmm. um, and more when we talk about just what the Miami Heat did to our pacers.
0: Yeah. Uh we can just kind of stay on that same track actually, because another team that often has bad vibes is the Rockets, who now they're they're in a the tight series now after it looked like they were in in absolute control of the series. Um I think the first two games they absolutely just blew the doors off of OKC and OKC yes. now showing some of their character and some of their their grit. Yep, being able to tie the series. But you worried about this Houston team now?
1: Yeah, Um, I am. I who are you? I think it. So the question I'm formulating in my head is: Who are you more upset? Watch it would be it would be OKC beating Houston rather than Dallas beating the Clippers, right?
0: As in likelihood, like the likelihood that that could happen, or.
1: Yes, like in your in your R.J. brain. If you I had can, to pick an upset, yeah. which upset would you pick?
0: I mean, both teams are known for their epic playoff collapses. So, um, but I think it's the Thunder half. I honestly don't know. I mean, just the way Luke is playing right now, like I can't rule that out that that yeah. makes that – a real possibility. I would say as a, a Lakers fan, I would rather see the Thunder in a series than the Rockets, for sure. But I think Houston's kind of this is the same Houston team we've seen year, year in and year out. When they're hitting shots, they're almost unbeatable. When they're not hitting shots, everything kind of just falls apart. Right. And you know, they're able to get a, a game two win, I want to say when Harden only like makes three field goals or something like that, he somehow like scores 30 points. I feel of, like four field goals. I don't know how someone does that, but he's not, he didn't play like a good game at all. And they still won pretty convincingly in that game. But then the Thunder make the necessary adjustments that they need to. And they finally start hitting shots, you know, cause they basically couldn't hit the side of a barn in the first two games. So they start making shots. And now all of a sudden, you know, Houston's, Always kind of been that team that when they get pushed, like they don't rise to the occasion. So I wouldn't be surprised if this. I wouldn't be surprised if this goes to seven games, and if the Thunder moved on. I think it's gonna be. I think it's just as challenging as the Mavericks' task to beat the Clippers right now, but their roadmap's a little bit, a little bit clearer as far as like how to get there.
1: For the uh, for the record. The ESPN odds, Um, Houston a 78% chance of winning this series. Uh, Well, that's after game three. So that's that's not taking into account that it's tied. So throw that out. But I will say that after four games, they give the Clippers a 59% chance Hmm. of going. So obviously that 78 number will go down. But it's like almost, almost, almost kind of probably won't look toss up like.
0: I mean, I think for both series, it's just gonna, is probably gonna come down to whoever wins Game Five for both those series. Sure. Because you don't, cause you don't have the home crowd to lean on if you're the Rockets or the Clippers. Yep. So it's like you need to steal that next game so that you afford yourself some flexibility going into six and seven to try to close it out. So right. And that's the bubble with the bubble, man. Anything can happen (laughs) at this rate. Like I would not be surprised. Um, I mean, one thing that stood out to me is just the scoring that some of these, some of these guys are having. I mean, between Dame and Donovan Mitchell, and even I think Jamal got to 50. Mm -hmm. Um, Eddie Davis has had some pretty high scoring games. LeBron went off last game. Like some, some of these scoring, uh, outbursts that are going on right now are, are pretty pretty phenomenal so I think those that's where the Rockets I think have the advantage is that they have a guy that can get to to 50 can get to 60 could probably get to 70 if you yes. play play long enough in the game so I think that's why I'm still leaning towards the Rockets moving on but like I said as a Lakers fan I would much rather see the the Thunder I think in the next round
1: yeah you're I you think you're right on both accounts there that it's and like everyone has said shooters gym
0: in the bubble shooters bubble shooters bubble definitely um and then last series on the west i mean like we we talked about at the beginning of the show uh the lakers finally getting their act together and starting to look like the lakers again at the start of this game but any any hope for the blazers or is this going to be a quick series for them
1: well I'm, i'm i mean of course i'm rooting for the blazers i'm i'm chalking up we're in the third quarter and it's still a thirty-point game. I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna give this one to the Lakers. RJ, you know? <laughs> okay, I'm gonna do that. But, That's
0: your expert analysis. Yeah,
1: I'm, but like like I like I said last week. I'm it. If the Blazers, I the mentally tough Blazers. If you were to tell me that they win a game down three-one because they have great pride in themselves and Dame Lillard is a machine, then that that's, I'll I'll get my Lakers in six and, and be pleased with that.
0: Not fair enough. Um, as far as just how the Lakers are, are looking right now, I know after game one, everyone was like, I don't know if this team could win a championship. Now they're starting to look a little bit more like the team that they were coming into the, or at the end of the season. Um, you know, do you think these guys are still the favorites now? I think that the favorites now because of the
1: weird like analysis we're doing on the Clippers right now, yeah. the, the Lakers, it seems to me that they, they look more um, settled in their offense, right? They look yeah. like they're, they're dictating the game on, on their terms. They are um, doing a much better job of, of giving Anthony the ball in his spots. They're doing, um, they're letting, like, LeBron get to his spots. Um, would, you, would you agree that they, they look more like um, – I felt like in game one, like, they were trying to play Blazer basketball, and neither team's played well. It was no. 193. Neither team's played well, but yeah. it felt like a Blazer game, which is what they were trying to do, right? Like, you are trying to get KCP to take all those shots and miss. You were, you were um, trying to get them to do all that. But, like – and certainly tonight – It's the Lakers um, really playing excellent team basketball with their, like, um, using their big guys and not just being super dependent on isos.
0: That's why I was really surprised that they moved away from starting Gabriel um, when it was starting Whiteside and Nurkic. Because when they had them in the first game play together, I think it was just such a curveball that the Lakers didn't really know what to do with it. But if you have Whiteside and, and Nurkic on the court, then you're you're playing the Lakers game. You know they like to have two bigs. They like to they like to always have two bigs on the floor. Versus when Portland started out a little smaller, um, it definitely left them vulnerable. But what it also did was like you said, it go to them into playing the Blazers brand of basketball, and it, it kind of took L.A. out of their identity and what they like to do, and. Now that they can just play their two bigs and they can just play bully ball. And LeBron – like, LeBron looked a little passive to me in the first game. Like, he didn't really look like he was really, like, pedal to the metal trying to take the game over at certain times where it looked like the pass he would. But I feel like from game two on, he's been much more assertive. And I think, like, his box scores reflect that because he's he's getting higher scoring totals – um, maybe not as gaudy of assist numbers, but like when he's assertive and is is looking to dominate, then the Lakers are a frightening team.
1: Well, and you you've seen them play the lineup that they've been reluctant to play all year with LeBron as a four mm-hmm. and AD as a five, and like when you I that's their that's that's their quite frankly their best lineup. Oh yeah, for sure. So like now. is like okay i get it anthony you can you can talk about how you're a power forward all you want how you're not a center but like we're in the playoffs now time for you to be a 5 time for lebron to be a 4 and like mm-hmm. get use your use your use your size and use your short corners and use your elbow shot and like start doing that
0: yeah and and it's really for the lakers to go deep into the playoffs and and win the championship it's got to be the role guys Because we saw in game one when KCP was the bane of my existence. uh, I know Portland fans have their thoughts on Hazonia. But for years, I've just uh, had a conniption every time I watch KCP. But now, like, if he's hitting shots and he hits, like, two or three three three-pointers in in a game, that's all you need from him. Like, you don't really need a ton else. You just need him to hit those two to three three three-pointers, play some defense. Same with Danny Green. Maybe he needs to hit, you know, three to five three-pointers in a game. But that's really all you need them to do. So when they're not shooting the ball well, though, and it it does become, um, a, 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 what am I trying to say? Um, a reliance on Davis and LeBron to create something, then that's when things aren't, aren't going to go well for the Lakers because like those two guys can only generate so much firepower by themselves. It's a yeah, lot, exactly. but it's not. You need more from from the rest of the guys.
1: Yeah. Um, So in that game three victory, you have LeBron with 38, Anthony Davis with 29. Yeah. And then like, like you said, like at least one other guy needs to get 10 Mm -hmm. and you had two, you had KCP get 13, you had Caruso get 10 and like you have to have a third, you have to have your third and fourth guys at least give you a pulse. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think you could still be right. Lakers and six, like I wouldn't be surprised if Blazers pull out next game and we'll stay alive. But I mean, it was it was a hell of a run. They they've got their injuries and whatnot. When Zach Collins was ruled out, um, you know, you had a feeling that this team was going to start running out of gas just because they just didn't didn't have the horses for it. Right. But good run though. Um, over to the East. So. This is the part where we tell Tyler the earbuffs and we just bury yeah. the Sixers. I'll just, I'll, I'll let you ISO at the top of the key. Just get these, get these Sixer takes off.
1: Sure. Um, it, the process is dead.
0: Sounds blowed up.
1: Rest, rest in peace. Like you've heard me be cautious with two franchises. You've told I've, I've expressed my, my calm and cautious demeanor with the Clippers. And, um, with other, with the, like the Utah and the Denver matchup, the Sixers got us we, 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 got it. We got to stop that. And, mm. um, you have to, you have to make a decision on Embiid or Simmons and firing Brett Brown step one. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, that's gotta go.
0: That was a surprise it's, to nobody.
1: That was <laughs> no. Um, and and you know what? Good on them for doing it the next day. They they did it today. They they did not waste any time.
0: That's an NFL kind of firing. That is. <laughs> like, a, oh, you a- lost the game. Oh, out of here. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, we're out of here. Um, I'm curious what you think about if you if like we're going through the hypothetical of choosing between those two. I I guess I'll give you three options. Uh, we'll we'll say run it back again with those two. Keep Embiid or keep Simmons. Um, do you have a strong opinion there?
0: I'm not what I could foresee happening is they try to run it back for one more year and then midway through the season something just comes to a head and one of them asks to be traded. Now, I'm not sure which one is gonna be. I could I could see Simmons being like, you know what, fuck this. Like I could see him being the one to say, fuck this, I'm out. And try to force a trade to another team. Um because he seems genuinely frustrated with the like, he seems frustrated with the organization right now. Whereas like Embiid, I think he's more frustrated because he's getting the brunt of the, the criticism. Yeah, and he feels like it's not deserved, and so that's why he's frustrated. Whereas like, I think Simmons, like you can, you can kind of tell he gets frustrated with like the lineups and just the spacing, and like yeah. it's just not it's not conducive to his game. Like, right. when when he has the pieces on the floor with him where he can just get up and down the floor and and kind of do his Magic Johnson impression, like, you know, he's then um, he's cool. But, like, you you got to think that the way that this team was put together at the beginning of the year on paper looked super promising was absolutely not anything close to what, what we were, you know, hoping it would be. I honestly thought they could come out of the East this year. Yes. Beginning of the year. And yeah. they got absolutely annihilated by a Celtics team that, like, I don't even think we learned anything about the Celtics in that series because the Sixers just didn't show up. <laughs> like, yeah. The Celtics are good.
1: Yeah. Um, but that's, you phrased that best. Um, if, you're, if you're on the scout if for the Celtics, if you're, um, oh, who would they be playing? They'd be playing
0: Miami. Um, no.
1: Toronto, Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you're on that, if you're on that scout, you're like, uh, okay. Um,
0: we don't, we've cool. learned nothing. Yeah. <laughs>
1: cool. That was, um, we learned that the Sixers dog it is what yeah. we learned. We, mm-hmm. we learned that, um, I look, man here, it it's you've, something's got to be done for the culture of the 76ers. Um, I'm going to argue with the keep Simmons jettison Embiid.
0: So what do you, why do you go with Simmons over Embiid in that case?
1: For, for the, for the reasons you said that, I think this seems like Simmons has that edge. Um, when, check me on this. When, when have we seen Embiid have an edge? Like, is is he is he the guy you want to be the alpha, the the face of your franchise?
0: He he kinda reminds me of Boogie in a lot of ways in the sense of like like Boogie has those guys that he knows he can bully. Yeah. And so he'll just bully those guys. And so like, you know, Embiid always gets gets after like Whiteside or Drummond. Right. You know, those like traditional centers kind of. And he'll get up for those games, and that's like the only time you'll really see him have like that kind of edge, like going against Cat. Like he'll have that edge, but it's it's like that it's that personal one on one that he's he's up for. It's not actually winning the game.
1: Yeah. Shoot, man, you could you could talk to me into going with door number four and just completely cleaning house.
0: That'd be wild. Could you imagine? <laughs> like, <laughs> you just lose for seven fucking years. You get what? Two. We get a number one pick. You get a number yep. three pick. Then you get another number one pick. And somehow that what did that amount to? That ended up a uh, game seven in the second round. That's that's as far as that took you guys. Like,
1: yeah. That, that, oh um, shit. It's, then, really, it's really, and then bad. some
0: guy's gonna walk gm kevin going to walk yep. and be like let's just blow it all up <laughs> I, th- if I, if,
1: if, there's absolutely a part of me that if i'm playing 2k right now just i'm like scorched earth <laughs> i'm like let's let's hop on the old trade wheel and see what we can get and see what we
0: can do i'm it, they just give me the worst vibe, man. That is ex—that's extreme. You just need, but you need, you're talking about just a full-blown cleanse. Like we just got to just cl- clean house, just get rid of all this bad juju, get rid of anything process-related. Elton Brand's got to go. Jeez, Red Brown's
1: gone. Let's—we got to move them out of Philadelphia. <laughs> we, we, it, it's
0: does pittsburgh need a team <laughs> let's get to pittsburgh we're let's changing our to color pittsburgh. scheme
1: we're, we're oh my gosh
0: oh man we're creating enemies just by uh, suggesting that now but,
1: t- now tyler did i do did i exaggerate there tyler yes i did but um in all honesty you gotta have your internal staff hire one a coach that I you a dependable veteran coach, um I, someone who can command a room and someone who has a proven track record of uh turning things around. If you can get I mean if if you want that to be like is gonna be hot on the market if that's the Tyloo spot, if you yeah. need to like do whatever you want to get Tyloo there, um then
0: I was gonna say yeah, it's probably gonna be one of the LA assistants, either uh, J Kid or or Ty Lue. Probably the favorites for that job.
1: Oh, I think that's got to be Ty Lue. Out of I think two.
0: Ty Lue makes more sense for Philly. Probably. Yeah. I mean, because J Kid hasn't really proven to turn anything around yet. So no, uh,
1: J Kid's really good at <laughs> spilling drinks on
0: the court to yeah. like it,
1: to create disturbances. But Ty Lue's really good at. Um, managing a room and getting the the best out of his teams. So if – how about this, Tyler? If you can get Ty
0: – You'll give it one more year with the Simmons uh, and B? We'll,
1: we'll, we'll give it one more year with those two. I'm,
0: I'm saying if they do try to start the season together, that doesn't make it to All-Star. Like, I think, I think that thing is done. They, yeah. They're going to have to – I think what's going to happen is they're not going to pick one, and one of them is going to force that – their hand to get out of there I don't know are you one. are
1: you an Embiid guy are you are you saying
0: stick with Embiid uh dude I don't know man I feel like this could be a shtick we do like I'll be I'll be the <laughs> Simmons Simmons guy the you be Embiid. the Embiid guy <laughs> I mean I've always I've always liked Simmons more just because like I just love how hard he plays but yeah I mean like there's also there's also that whole thing where it's like when he wants to be he's Joel Embiid is a generational talent like when he wants to be Yes. and it sucks that you gotta always like be on his case about it. But I think I, I compared him to Shaq in the last podcast, like just kind yes. of bringing up like a lot of the criticism you hear about it being now it's the same thing you heard about Shaq, and yeah. you know it's what what happens if he does put it all together? Now you got he's got to get
1: his fill, then, bro. He's got to yeah. We gotta get we gotta get someone that can command the room.
0: <laughs> what if they went after Phil to try to coach the team? <laughs>
1: The way that roster's constructed, it's like they're the trying to be a nineties team. So yeah. let's just throw back Thursday it up. Just fucking throw the triangle in there and call it good. Like honestly, that team is built for the triangle. Yeah, that's a
0: perfect triangle <laughs> team, actually. <laughs> now that I think about that, that was a perfect triangle team. <laughs> Damn, dude, the, Ellen Brand is going to hear this podcast oh, and hire yeah. like Brian Shaw or something like that to come run the triangle for.
1: Oh, uh, Brian Shaw doesn't have command of the room, though. No,
0: no we saw how badly <laughs> that Denver situation played <laughs> Goodness. out. Goodness. Oh God. Well, we were, we already talked about the Sixers more than I was hoping to. So, Tyler, you can take the earmuffs off. Um, I mean, but let's talk a little bit about the Celtics because we didn't really dive into them too much last podcast. Um, yep. I mean they took care of business. Like they saw a weak, weakened opponent in front of them and they handled their business and swept them. But, you know, this is a team with, I don't think anybody expected them to be title contenders, but they were expected to be in the mix for the conference finals. Um, from just what you've seen from them and stacking up with the rest of the teams in the East, is this a team that we need to start taking seriously as a potential uh, Eastern conference champion?
1: Yes, uh, blanket statement for me is like um, so again assuming I'm assuming Milwaukee wins, I'm assume, and Toronto did win, mm-hmm. Celtics did win, Heat
0: did win. Won. Yeah. yeah. So tonight. the
1: only missing piece is Milwaukee.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which uh, I mean, dang. They keep putting the shout out to NBA TV for keep getting the the Magic Bucks games. <laughs> Not TNT, not ESPN. But regardless, wide open. I I think that any of those four teams can win the East. I would not be surprised if any of those four teams played the East because after our Miami is fun segment from last weekend, Miami can absolutely win win the East. They're Um, on a
0: tear right now. They're balling.
1: After you get the, give the Celtics and their well coached, great organization, young team, all this rest, they can absolutely win. Miami, great organization, mm-hmm. championship coach, well rested, strong identity too. Like uh, they
0: they know who they are.
1: Toronto, championship culture, yeah. well coached, well rested. Um, yep. There, it's. I think that the East is just going to be last team standing, and. Yeah, we will have to get super specific about the matchups um, to do that. I guess we can do that with Raptors Celtics.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think one of my takeaways was that the Celtics don't necessarily need a word to be effective and almost kind of run like, because I know that's always an issue for them is trying to figure out their lineups just because like they have like six guys that they play pretty heavy minutes. Um, and I think that was one of the challenges that Stevens had was trying to figure out how do I balance those rotations and by taking Hayward out, like obviously Gordon Hayward can be an effective player for you, but I do think the Celtics kind of go back into that, um, like that, that Jason Tatum rookie year type of feel like type of team to him where like Jason Tatum is the main, he's the main shot maker, shot creator. Uh, Jalen Brown is doing a solid Scottie Pippen impression. Yep. Um, yeah, Marcus Smart, who is going to make some dumb plays, but, like, you, also, he's a guy you need on the court because he also makes championship plays. Like, that fucking steal that he got uh, at the end of, I think, game three, I think, because I think I texted you and Tyler afterwards, and it was just like, sixes, LOL. And yes. that's because, like, they just, like, Marcus Smart just had this crazy interception through the ball of court, and then, Uh, they committed a a clear path foul in like a one point game with like 50 seconds left it's just like oh god that was such a Sixers play but like really it starts with Marcus Smart making that kind of play so um you know against the Raptors though like talk about a team that just came in and handled their business and really just made slight work of you know not a Nets team that was even like a a g-league team at that point because they had so many random guys on there yeah but like they had a job to do they came in there they handled business and did not fuck around one second
1: uh going back to your Celtics thing just sometimes there's too many cooks in the kitchen yeah and i think you're right i think the the hayward injury is where um in his absence you can get some clearer roles and you can get some uh some of that same vibe that you were talking about from a couple of years ago. Except now you have Kemba and if yeah. if if Kemba's getting it like he did 32 and their game four victory that that's just an, another piece there as well. Um, with re, with regards to the Raptors what did you think of them going into the year? Um we i'm remind i'm reminding myself this was we had we wrote them off at the beginning of the year this is another apology we have to do right
0: oh this might be our biggest apology we have to yeah. do gosh I, I think we had them still able to make the playoffs but as like a fifth seed maybe because we probably said the bucks and we probably said the celtics and we probably said the sixers we probably had the sixers above the celtics so yes. shame on us for that yeah and we probably had the Pacers just because, well, we love the Pacers. So, yeah, we were not high on this Raptors team. And they look as dangerous as anybody else in the bubble right now.
1: No question. And shame on us. We need to, in the future, remember our our takes about organization and culture and coaching mm-hmm. and, and all those things. We just, we just have to remember that. And. Wow, the Raptors, 150 points, game four. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, know, I know Simmons and Rosillo were talking about the progression that uh, Van Vliet's been making over the course of his career. Um, just Abaka, 27, Powell, 29. Yeah, how about
0: Norman Powell? On the bench. I, I, like, wrote him off last year. I was like, this guy – because he, ha- he would come in and have, like, a couple good games and then just, like, didn't really play last year. So, I was just kind of like, all right, he must not be that good anymore. Right. Like, nope. Nope. <laughs> Still got it. Yeah, wrong. Um, and, and
1: just another deep – another deep ball coach team. I'm going to just beat mm-hmm. that drum all podcast.
0: The Raptors, they're so effective because their roles are so defined on that team. Yep. And everybody knows exactly what they're supposed to do at all times. They are on a string defensively. That one bubble game, uh, like this seeding game where they played the Lakers, like the Lakers couldn't get off a – like the Lakers were so inside their own head that they could not get off like a clean shot at all because the Raptors are so effective at – Chasing guys off the three point line, closing out, staying in front of them, and then securing the rebound. Like their defense is is something else. And um, when you got Kyle Lowry playing that well this late in his career, like that's the I think we were expecting him to kind of fall off, and he didn't. He just played better, and yeah. that's why this team is is where they're at right now. No doubt. So who would you who would you take? But is is it too early to do prediction on next round or?
1: Um, sure. Let's 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 piece that together. Okay.
0: Because um, I mean, uh, I, I would say Raptors in six, probably against the Celtics.
1: I'm going to second that.
0: That's just it. Sounds right. I'm going to so, second that. Raptors in six. Yeah. So. The way that I think the Celtics could beat the Raptors though is if Jason Tatum does a Luka and basically takes that next step that we're we're expecting him to make within these next few years if he just takes it a little sooner than expected. Yes. And you know, that's that's gonna be an issue for the Raptors. But they got a lot of bodies to throw at him too. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Yes, sir. Um if you're the Milwaukee Bucks, probably the last team you want to play in the second round is Miami Heat right now. Absolutely <laughs> well, it is. Yeah. So the heater tight, as Riley let us know. The heater know. tight. The heater tight. Uh, Duncan Robinson, absolute flamethrower <laughs> of a human being right now. Yeah. Can't miss at all. Jimmy Buckets, uh, probably his best job as a leader of a team. Like Easy. He's – Probably since like those some of those Chicago teams like not towards the end of his stay there, but like kind of earlier on when d rose was was injured like this team definitely takes on his personality I feel like and a lot of that has to do with just the heat culture, which is you know kind of something you hear get thrown around a lot but you know you do feel like this team embodies what Butler's energy is and that's why like they they're gonna be some some tough MFers to try to get out of the playoffs.
1: Oh, I think, like, yeah. I, saying that the team takes on Butler's personality is not a complete story. Also, it's not completely true that, like, Butler takes on the Heat's personality. I think it's a perfect marriage. Yeah. I think I think if Jimmy Butler was on the 1994 New York Knicks, like, Pat Riley would have loved him oh, like my a God. son. And I'm sure he loves him like his son now. It, I'm sure. It, they're just they, – they are – it is everything Pat Riley preaches, everything Pat Riley stands for the work ethic, the tenacity, just everything. So it is it is perfect. Um, talk me into not picking the heat to upset the Bucks. <laughs> talk me off that ledge.
0: I mean, they got the MVP. They got Giannis. They have and the best player. Yep. They got the best player. And the Bucs are a lot like the Rockets in the sense of, like, when their guys are hitting open shots, like, they're almost impossible to beat. Because um, you know you're going to get your 30 from Giannis, but you know that, you know, you might get six to 12 points sprinkled through five to six guys. You know what I'm saying? They do a really good job of distributing the wealth. Uh, this Chris Middleton thing, though, they need to get that part figured out because he, he has not played well in this first round. Um, or at least not up to the standard that you know your your second option should be playing at. He's kinda oh. got the Paul George thing going on right now. Um so that's so if they can't get that Middleton thing figured out, then all of a sudden the Heat have definitely uh, a better shot at upsetting the Bucks. That convince you or
1: uh no. Uh, it's
0: because the Heat are just so tight <laughs> They're
1: so tight um, I'm looking to see If Hypothetically If the Magic take the Bucks to game 7 Which they're not um, <laughs> <laughs> That would be That That game would be on August 30th That would be on Sunday i probably have to make a prediction Oh my god Eat
0: 7 Let's go Heat and seven. I wanna do it. I wanna do it.
1: I'm doing it. Heat and
0: seven. So I don't think any any player in the playoffs right now has more pressure on them to to come through than Giannis. Yeah. I think he's definitely got the there's the most intrigue if he does if they if he doesn't win, what's gonna kinda happen next. So I mean losing in the second round for this Bucks team, I think is is a pretty massive shortfall for them. Uh even though they're going to be going against a really good Heat team, so like, just walk me through these next few months. You know, if the Heat are able to pull this off and upset the Bucks, from from a Bucks standpoint, yeah. Oh my gosh, like, do we all turn on Giannis then?
1: No, I think we play the sympathy card with Giannis. I think we, I think we say Giannis needs a. I think, I think America loves Giannis. I think that. Giannis is beloved. And I think the outcry will be more about getting him um, different teammates.
0: So not I, not Bud, not the coach? That's oh, not going oh, to oh, yeah, be I, the we, issue?
1: Yeah, I think we got to include Bud in that too.
0: So I think that's where the, the fall is going to come, if it does wow. come anywhere for them. Because then this would be a second year in a row that he's fallen short in uh mm-hmm. in a series or in a playoffs where he's expected to to go at least to the finals.
1: Right. Yeah, and he but <laughs> but but he's his he has a tr- he has another track record of needing to get over the hump. Like Yeah. I I, he, I want him to like he seems like he's a good coach. He um all I the just, teams
0: play really well. All the teams play really season. cool basketball
1: yeah. and they're really fun. Of course we love that Atlanta team, right? Like yeah. we like um from the from the from the pop tree, so we love that too. Like we love all these things about Bud, right? But uh so in that sense I'm like I'm I'm r re- I am like i am i am do not wish ill on this man. I I I, 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 w- I want I want good things there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like
0: so if you had to I, choose between Bud and the Heat, though, who you, <laughs> you're gonna choose?
1: I'm gonna. I mean, I'm now in on Heat and Seven. I'm now gonna slog it in. Bang that! Let's Buck that in. You can you can be the rational one and say Bucks and five. Ooh, five games. All right, Bucks and six.
0: Yeah, I think I might even say Bucks and set Like it honestly depends so much on which Bucks team shows up on a given night. Right. There's some nights where they look great, and then there's some nights where they're getting absolutely tossed by Vucevic. So who knows? But yeah, I think Bucks and Six sound right. I would say cool, cool, cool. Uh, I think that that covers it. Pouring out for the Pacers, they played hard, they they battled to the end, but we'll geez.
1: have to remember T.J. Warren for next year. We'll have to.
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: I mean figure that out, and and hope- in, in their defense. As we are pro Pacers, um, not having Sabonis sucks. <laughs> not, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's an understatement. Like, not having your studs is a bad look. And
0: Yeah, and no, Oladipo no, no, Depot clearly no, no. still trying to come back. Yeah, still yeah. trying to work
1: his way back. Yeah. In. So, now, now am I talking myself into being more about the Pacers being injured than the Heat being tight? I don't know, but
0: Heat uh, seven, we're riding it. <laughs> I love it. Uh I think that's all that's everything, man. Anything else we need to cover for this first round of playoffs?
1: Uh just that the Lakers have maintained this roughly 30 point lead the entire second half. So wow. Do that without what you
0: will. Happy Mamba Day. Happy mom. Ma- an eight to twenty-four game at one point. How about that? That was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> that was cool to see. <laughs> yeah. Dope. All right. Well, thanks again for checking in with the Shorts and Goggles podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Shorts Goggles Pod. Uh, we are going to be on Apple Podcasts, so we did end up getting flagged for using the Korean picture. So saw that coming. <laughs> so we updated the cover art. It's pretty pretty generic now, uh, so we can get something a little fancier in there. But that'll allow us to get on Apple Podcasts. We'll also be on Spotify and Anchor FM. Uh, Uh, That should be it. Until next time, peace. See you later.